Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, Dan Paletta. Always glad when you can join us. We continue our conversations with candidates for the office of mayor for the city of Cleveland. Don't forget the primary is coming up on September 14th. The top two vote getters will then face off in the November 2nd general election. Today, we talked to Ross DeBello. Ross DeBello is an attorney who makes his home in West Park. He spent most of his career working with Judge Cassandra Collier-Williams from 2012 to 2020, including serving as her staff attorney. He's now back in private practice and also making a run for mayor. Ross, thanks for joining us today for The Landscape. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me, Dan. Let's start where most election conversations start, with the economy. How do we foster faster and greater economic growth for Cleveland? You know, I think I think you have to do a lot of things, but you have to be equitable and you have to, well, at least me personally, right? I can only speak to why I'm running, and that's to attack kind of the parts of Cleveland that have been left behind um, where disinvestment ha- has, has really caused us a lot of problems. So... You know, I want to improve the economy everywhere, including, you know, downtown and and Detroit Shoreway and some of these places. But one of the reasons I'm motivated to run is is to help spur the economy in West Park, in Glenville and Slavic Village. uh, I mean, all all the all the non, I guess, uh, well to do neighborhoods, if you would say that. And, And I don't want to say anything controversial or nothing like that, but neighborhoods have been left behind. Um, at the behest of being worried that, you know, certain institutions will leave Cleveland. And so we've really divvied a lot of our resources to, you know, some of the big businesses downtown and the sports teams downtown. And and I feel like, uh, well, it's not a zero-sum game. We've got to prioritize what we need to prioritize at this point. Are you in favor of subsidizing certain types of development with public funds, things like the Hilton Cleveland downtown or the Opportunity Corridor? No. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a tough question because you asked it in kind of a binary way, right? Like, so would I devote a dollar to it or a certain amount of dollars to it? Um, uh, I shouldn't say no, right? I, I'm, I stay open-minded. Um, but again, I think it's the balance of dollars that we've been using to subsidize the Hilton, Quicken, the Q, Sherwin-Williams, the Opportunity Corridor, right? And, and and the other things, right? Like TIFFs and and who gets the benefit of of these bargains. And so uh, actually, I I don't want to tell you no to that answer, but I want to take a completely different viewpoint or approach. How would you help students make up for the educational losses that they have suffered during the pandemic? Well, the the first thing is, you know, let's say I'm victorious, right? In, In, well, November, you start trying to build those partnerships, um, figure out the budget toward getting the whole city wired for, for Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi access, Wi-Fi equipment and training and troubleshooting. Right. So it's not just, do you have access to Wi-Fi? You're a kid that really got left behind during COVID. Um, it's, you know, what is it, is it equal access? Uh, do you have somebody to, to, to help you get started? And, And then you really get the ball rolling. I mean, uh, I can't speak enough to how much I've taught myself, you know, using the internet, what I've done. Uh, you know, I used to be a uh, internet poker professional. You know what I mean? I, I, I review documents over the internet right now is my job. You know, I, I got out of the justice center because of COVID and I had two elderly family members. So I, I think the answer to your question is not just Wi-Fi access for kids, but kind of education, right? And, and training and, and troubleshooting access and, 
neighborhood partnerships and and nonprofit um, support, you know, partnerships. Since we're on the subject of education, is the Metropolitan School District in Cleveland heading in the right direction? Would you take a more active role as mayor in being involved in that? I think it's heading in the right direction from that graduation rate. And, um, you know, I know the teachers union really likes Eric Gordon. Um, I think I've only met Eric, you know, once or twice in passing. So I probably would take an active role in the determination of how active I needed to be throughout my term, if, if that makes sense. You know, yes, I think, again, I'm running for the sake of kids, right? Kids don't get a vote. Kids don't donate to campaigns. And we have these lead poisoning rates. We have these education gaps. Um, that, that kills the economy, right? You don't want you, we want to end the, the school to, to prison pipeline. We want kids to be able to start their own lemonade stands, right? In these outer neighborhoods and then put their friends to work. So I think looking at the curriculum, talking to the teachers union, talking to Eric Gordon, I'll be extremely active, uh, at the beginning of my term or, you know, in that transition period, and then, you know, we'll explore, hey, do we need to uh, democratize the school board? Uh, is Eric is Gordon good to go? You know what I mean? Uh, I'll, I'll dig in deep at the beginning and we'll see if I'm in deep the whole four years. But I would like to be because I love kids and that's why I'm running is, is to kind of lift up kids. Cranes Cleveland Business would like to invite you to join us for our next virtual event on the 2021 calendar. Cranes will pay tribute to the top HR experts across five categories. Our Excellence in HR event will also take place virtually, free to attend on August 18th. Visit cranescleveland.com today and select the Events tab to register. What about downtown? Do you think it's healthy and successful in 2021? Well, I think the fact that COVID is still here, right, uh, means it's it's not successful, but but not as opposed to every other city in the nation. Um, you know, we're not filling hotels, right? Um, tourism is down. Um, the income tax thing on whether we're going to lose our taxes from people that used to work downtown, myself, my wife included, right? And But we started, well, we still live in Cleveland, but people like us who then, you know, got back to Strongsville and now are they paying their income taxes to Cleveland or to Strongsville? Um, these are real uh, potential challenges and problems. Now, the federal stimulus money, I think, can help offset that. But I think the answer to your question is um, no, it's it's not as successful as it could be. What do we do about the neighborhoods? What are some things you want to do to, to change and improve those? Educate um, small business owners and people who want to become small business owners. Um, put in classes, maybe do some certifications, eliminate some bureaucratic, you know, red tape and, and fees and costs associated with, you know, getting your, your certifications or your, your permits. Um, but we definitely, again, we need lemonade stands in all those outer neighborhoods, you know, uh, need NED. Uh, I really think that that would help bring down this, this number one in the nation poverty rating, the crime and the health problems that are associated that, that fall, you know, the dominoes that fall from that. So eliminating the bureaucratic stuff, um, a city hall that, that is extremely responsive. Um, you know, I don't know, Dan, how well, you know, my story, but I have a extremely high work ethic, right. And, and I love people and I love responding to people and I'll get a random Clevelander that emails me or texts me because of my 
you know, literature or they, they saw a debate or something and they get a response, you know, and I think people are kind of shocked by that. And that their response will be, wow, you responded. And so being a city hall that works uh, actively, energetically with people who want to start their businesses in those outer neighborhoods, that's right up my alley. What's more important for the city, building new homes and commercial space or rehabbing, expanding and making better use of it, the existing homes and storefronts we have right now? I think rehabbing the existing um, stock. Uh, I do think we need to build new public housing. But to, to answer your question, I, I think that costs associated with you know demolition and, and, and new builds, I think we can be more efficient repurposing um, those vacant storefronts, our vacant properties. Ross DiBello joins us for The Landscape, a Crane's Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Ross is running for mayor in the city of Cleveland. We're talking to all the candidates between now and the primary coming up on September 14th. Ross, should the city help subsidize brownfield redevelopment? Yes, because that gets to public health problems, right? And, and public safety problems. I mean, these brownfields are have very negative effects on our environment, right? And, and there's a lot of potential there. And whether you're turning something into a park or or a um, you know a lab where it can be work work live play school type type of a situation, I know we've repurposed some some old schools into into residences, but um, yeah, I think we sh- we should consider subsidizing brownfield repurposing. Along with economic development, one of the major issues of this campaign is crime, and it certainly has been on the rise during the pandemic. What would you do to address the issue of crime in Cleveland? Yeah, I think uh, it's a twofold problem, and, and I personally would argue I'm, I'm really the only one uh, to try and get at the roots of, of our crime problems, which is really a poverty problem, right? Um, most politicians will be like, public safety is the, is the first plank of my platform. But they've been in charge for 16, 30 years, however, however long it be. And now the state of the place is the state of the place. So, you know, fixing our economy, right, um, reprioritizing uh, is, is number one. You know, putting more money in people's bank accounts, right, F- having them find meaning and purpose and employing their neighbors. That's, that's one thing. And again, take not, you know negotiating less, doing better with not subsidizing millionaires and billionaires downtown that don't need me and my neighbor's tax dollars. They truly don't. Um, the second part of that is criminal justice reform, I think. you know. So looking at the Muni Code, right? Marijuana needs to be out of the Muni Code. Fair evasion for RTA needs to be out of the Muni Code. We want to kind of take a gap approach, right? So make the lesser stuff take our police's focus off the lesser stuff and get back to enforcing, you know, I did work in the justice center for almost eight years, get uh, staff, the sex crimes unit and the, the homicide and the violent crimes unit where they need to be um, kind of reallocate where police are in terms of the five districts, the 17 wards, more police presence, a little bit, the further out you get from downtown. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but, if I'm uh, driving a car and I, I try and stick to the speed limit, but even if I'm going the speed limit, right, and you see a cop, what do you do? You jump on your brake. So uh, I don't want to hire more cops, but I do want to reposition uh, some officers. I do want to redefine what's a crime and and adhere to the consent decree. 
you know, we certainly don't want any more atrocities, which lead to, you know, protests, which uh, like we've seen downtown last year, you know, we want to take a holistic approach to why so many bad things are happening, if, if that makes sense. And I think my platform addresses it truly. You mentioned the consent decree. Do you support continuing that decree? I do. Absolutely. I think that um, internal affairs is not sufficient to, you know, uh, give a fair analysis and, and a tough analysis on every allegation of use of force. I don't think internal affairs is sufficient. So I am in favor of continuing the consent decree beyond its when it's set to end at the five years or putting it into this charter full time, this this charter amendment that's that's on the ballot. I'm in favor of it. We've talked a little bit about development. Let's talk about some specific projects and plans that might be in the works. Are you pleased with the current direction of the Opportunity Corridor? Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a one-man show, right? And I work 40 hours a week and I'm campaigning and, and my campaign doesn't, thank you guys for having me, but it doesn't involve much press or money. So I was happy recently to see that they quashed the asphalt plant, the concrete and asphalt plant. Um, but just in general, getting beyond the Opportunity Corridor, right? Um, I talked about this on an environmental forum last night, you know, the segregation of neighborhoods, the heat islands, you know, everything dating back from, uh, you know, redlined uh, communities back in the the 1930s, um, freeways through some of our neighborhoods, you know, my house is situated very closely to all of 71, 90 and 480. Um, We have more than enough roadways and uh, we have more than enough opportunities for somebody to come in from from out of town. So, uh, yes, the Opportunity Corridor and these and other freeways through our communities and factory polluting factories. I am against that type of development from from here on out going forward. Have you had a chance to take a look at the proposal for the lakefront that's been laid out by the Browns? Any thoughts on that? I haven't. Only what I've only what I've read. Um, so, I, you know, it would be folly for me to influence somebody listening to this podcast as though I know it's the most optimal usage. You know, that's when people ask me about Burke, my answer is, you know, I'm sure it's a feeder for Hopkins. I'm sure some people get some usage out of it. I know it's built on a landfill, but the question I ask myself is, is it the most optimal thing we can do. So I, as far as the, the Haslam development, um, you know, near the Rock Hall and, and Brown Stadium and, and all that, um, I will have to do my due diligence. Do you plan or do you have some thoughts about how to foster the relationship with Columbus's decisions at the state level continue to encroach upon home rule in Cleveland? Man, that's, <laughs> you know, a big part of my campaign and my platform, Dan, I, I don't know if you, have you uh, read my platform by chance? With the I have. Finance and the term limits. Great, great. It's, it's really all with the knowledge that who lobbies who means everything, right? Who influences who means everything. So whether DeWine wins again, right? Whether, uh, you know, we know Senator Portman stepping down, we know we've got Sherrod Brown here, we know we've got Marsha Fudge newly appointed. Um, I will do my best to lobby and influence them to let Cleveland be in charge of Cleveland. 
Now, that hasn't worked out well for us. You know, frankly, the current administration, you know, in 2012, I, I was working two near minimum wage jobs in Cleveland, one on like East 21st at the law office. I think at that time I was making $8 an hour. Um, then at the casino, I was making $6 an hour plus tips and the tips were non-existent. Well, my council president and mayor went down and lobbied, you know, uh, at that time, I think it was Kasich and, you know, Republican majority state legislators to take away the ability to allow us to set that minimum wage at $15 an hour, you know. So, of course, I'm going to lobby to let for the good of Clevelanders, right, uh, for the safety of Clevelanders to uh, give us back as much control as we can have over Cleveland. Um, you know, it's hard for me to, with a straight face, to look at the people in charge and the people running and, and say that they have a public safety platform when, again, you took money out of people's pockets, right? I mean, we, we our citizenry could have been making $15 an hour, you know, only having to work one job as opposed to two jobs and, and give your kids more time and attention, things like that. And uh, we went and we told them to take away our home rule. And uh, that's tragic to me. So thank you for that question. I think that's a really important one. What about some top priorities for the American Rescue Plan and those infrastructure funds that will be coming to the city from the federal government? Yeah. So running for mayor of Cleveland, right? So trying to attack Cleveland's most pressing problems. So one of them you asked about earlier, the how do you help these kids that lost out during COVID. We want to get the whole city wired. We want to tr- we want to get them equipment. We want to train them and get troubleshooting, no matter your neighborhood, with those funds. Two, you know, maybe grants for um, some homeowners and landlords um, that are in that have possibly lead poisoned homes. Right. Um, three, fund our public health department. Right in Cleveland, we are among the worst at infant with our infant mortality rate. So if you're running for mayor of Cleveland, you've really got to care about all Clevelanders, especially kids who don't, again, don't have a vote, don't um, donate into these campaigns. They have no influence. We have to look out for them. So the with the American Rescue Plan funds, $511 million, what I, I, the number keeps changing. I've heard 541, 521, $511. Um, it would be kids' education and kids' health, kids' lives, kids' safeties would be the first chunk that, that that doesn't mean all 511 would go to that, but I believe I would have my priorities straight in terms of what I'm running for. Ross Tabella, thanks for sharing some thoughts about the campaign. Good luck. We're glad you could join us today for the landscape. Thank you, Dan. It's very important. I, I really appreciate this work you guys are doing, getting our, our platforms out and things like that. Ross Tabella is one of the eight candidates running for the office of mayor in the city of Cleveland. We'll be talking to the rest of the candidates and all of those interviews will be available on our website at cranescleveland.com. Just go click on the landscape banner and you'll find the interviews with all the mayoral candidates. For our producer, Cody Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. Always glad you can join us and we'll talk again soon.